0: Hi, you guys, this is Liz Ryan, and this is the Truth About Work podcast, episode 30. Got some questions to answer and some stuff to talk about, tell the truth about some workplace stuff. That's uh, what we do in general at Human Workplace and specifically in the Truth About Work podcast. So I got a question right here from Dana or Dana. Hey, Liz, what are the most common problems people run into with their resume that they should fix? if they want to have more success on the job search trail. Okay. Great question, Dana. The, the trouble with the this issue of what are the biggest problems or mistakes or hurdles in resumes is that, you know, first of all, job seekers in general have been maligned and, and scolded for so long, you know, you're doing it wrong, you're doing it wrong. And, you know, you never know what anybody would expect or want from you as a job seeker in general. And then of course everyone is different and every organization is different. Recruiters are different from one another. So, you know, it's impossible to please everybody. So I don't want to, uh, perpetuate this idea of job seekers making mistakes. Cause it's not that we've been trained to grovel to get a job. I'm trying to coax people, reassure people out of that, mindset. And so the last thing we want to do is say, here's a mistake, you know, that you made, but I will tell you what are the problems or the issues that I run into and we run into at Human Workplace most commonly that, uh, artificially, um, you know, depress a job candidate's chances of being successful. (laughs) So, so issues that if they're corrected can massively boost Um, your success as a job seeker. So the first one is that a lot of folks don't make it clear in their resume what kind of job they want. That's very unfortunate because we have to know, the person reading your resume has to know. They will, yeah, keyword searching, algorithms are very important in recruiting. The mechanical part of recruiting nowadays, um, the black hole recruiting systems used by virtually all medium-sized and large employers. But still, a human being has to see your resume or application, even if a keyword searching algorithm algorithm spots it first and pulls it out of the abyss, somebody has to see it and you have to, it has to be clear what kind of job you want. Uh, that's a big thing in a resume. And then the second one is, of course, once you decide, what kind of job you want. It has to be clear from your resume how that's a suitable job for you. You may feel that the relevance is right there and it's super obvious, but they may not see it. And I wouldn't go to, this job gave me X skills and X skills and X skills. I'm not a fan of the transferable skills mindset or dogma as I think about it. I never understood why you would take what you've done that may have relevance to a new job you want and then back into, but therefore I have these skills and therefore I can help you. I, I uh, It's very pedantic and awful and removed from reality and just the kind of thing, no offense, that HR folks like me you know, fall victim to. Like, this is how you do it. I don't think so. I don't teach transferable skills. I say, tell us stories about how you came, saw, and conquered. And that's the third uh, piece of advice I would give about resumes get it get the stories in there yes keywords have to be in there but not zombie robot language results oriented professional and all that stuff tell us stories this is what i did when the chips were down when i needed to do something so yeah tell us what kind of job you want why you're qualified for that job and make it clear through stories those are the three things dana all right three big things okay uh the truth about oh yeah the truth about I want to talk a little bit about employee engagement, uh, because it's another, it's a hot topic now during COVID-19. A lot of folks are working from home and people who are not working from home, a lot of them are essential workers who have to go to work. And so it's a hardship, it's a hardship working from home. And obviously it's a huge hardship going to work and dealing with that, with the physical world and the subway and being at work and maybe interacting with people at work and it's all... You know really hard and stressful it goes without saying essential workers need to get paid more than they do and be protected from COVID-19 better than most of them are but the issue comes up all the time in my mail from HR folks and leaders how do I boost employee engagement assuming I'm paying people fairly and appropriately how do I boost employee engagement how do I get people to care about their job at a higher level than I just need a paycheck, so I got this job for the paycheck. Um, you know, I think the first thing that we have to talk about if we're going to use this term, it's not my favorite term, employee engagement, because it's come to mean a measurable quantity and I don't think that's an appropriate way to talk about how it is to work in our organizations. <laughs> um, but the most important thing to know is that it's not about you know, your company saying, we're going to have an employee engagement, um, you know, improvement committee. And we're going to, it's, you don't know what every person wants because they're living their own life. And some people want to connect to their job at that exact level. I need a paycheck. This job gives me one, please don't get in my life. Please don't create any hardships for me, obstacles, try to, you know, work with me on scheduling, work with me, on all of these things. Our lives are crazy right now. Um, we're all in, you know, various states of depression, like Michelle Obama said, or trauma or whatever, just please make it easy for me to have this job and I will have the job and don't expect me to get all excited and happy and, you know, giddy and whatever. I'm not like that, or maybe I am like that, but I'm not like that right now in the middle of a pandemic. So I think, you know, I think that the, the energy and the Impulse to have great employee engagement is a great thing, but you know, this would just be an awful time to do an employee engagement survey. I mean, it would be a great time to find out what people think and what they need at work, of course, and it's always a great time. But I believe in the Swiss cheese idea of tunnels and channels and communication networks up, down, and sideways in your organization all the time. All the time so that stopping and taking a survey it's a little arch if you think about it now we're gonna now we're gonna stoop to see what you think how about if I can always say what I think that's that's what I teach in, in terms of internal communication out and in and up and down and across make it easy all the time you have to you have to from a, a regulatory standpoint to prevent or or hear about bad things happening trust And it has to be there and it's not always there. And so then when it's not there organically, you can't say, well, what do we do about engagement? Well, that would be the first thing. Listen, make it easier for folks to say when something is not working for them and then be flexible because they're human beings. And that is our mantra at Human Workplace. All right. So, you know, the truth really in a nutshell about employee engagement is that it's not a measurable quantity. It's, it's a listening, responding, being human, being flexible, understanding where people are coming from before it has anything to do with telling, here's our new program. That's the last thing you need is a new program, right? That we all need a new program, but it's in our heads. It is the operating system. <laughs> Don't get me going on tech analogies. It's going to fall apart very quickly. But yeah, new operating system, new operating mentality that work is a human place and it should start there. What does each person need to be able to work here? If you care about engagement, then you care about turnover. If you care about turnover, then you have to flex. This is the time. Was there ever a time more than this? We have to flex for people? You know, I think it's so dumb that the United States government sent people home with unemployment. Uh, Used to be an extra $600. A month that went away now they're talking about it again in a, a, a week rather they're talking about it again in Congress but um rather than leaving them at work leave them at work and pay employers to keep paying people this they did in other industrialized countries come on that makes so much more sense you can't take people off unemployment if they can't find a job because there's no jobs oh okay do I have another question Problems with resumes we said um yeah, we do have another question, and it is, oh, how do I give notice? If I'm not giving notice until my last day of work, mm. we know this is an issue now, you guys, because people always gave two weeks notice here in the United States. It's not required by law, but it's the nice thing and professional thing to do, and and it's a great thing to do. Sometimes you might want to give notice, and you can't give notice because the company has a habit, this is distressingly common, of walking people out the door and saying, oh, you gave notice, you literally don't work here anymore, pack your stuff, and they go. Nowadays it would be virtual and they shut down your logins and you're done. Don't get to tell your friends, you don't get to do anything. It's so disgusting and tacky and unnecessary. So unnecessary. Yeah, if someone were, you know, If you were in the middle of terminating someone and they said, well, I actually give two weeks notice, that would be an exception. But every other case, the fear that is that is just conveyed and displayed manifested so big and loudly when somebody says, oh, I give notice. You know, I'm going to try these last two weeks to catch up with everything and leave some instructions. No, take off. Get out of here right now. I can't stand the sight of you. You know what excuse what lame excuse people give me why some companies do this heinous practice of walking people out the door. They literally say, well, now that they gave gave notice, we can't trust them with company secrets. Oh, what? That's so absurd. First of all, every every wide awake person is semi-job hunting right now, as they should be in a country where we don't have employment contracts or any job security in a non-union job, unless you have your own employment contract, which most people don't. So that's number one. Everybody has to be semi-job hunting. And number two, if they just gave notice, baby doll, that means they were job hunting for some period of time. Probably. Probably. offer didn't drop in their lap just suddenly last night. And so you trusted them as you should because people are not evil. But your fearful brain that says, I have to walk somebody out the door right now because they said they're leaving in two weeks, that's the evil part because fear leads us down an evil path, doesn't it? We're not in our best. We're not in our power in fear. It's a horrible, horrible practice walking people out the door for giving notice. Are you kidding me? However, if you fear that you cannot do that, you're not going to give notice for, for not only for the reason that you could potentially lose two weeks of pay because they don't have to pay you by law when they tell you to pack your stuff and go, but also because it's humiliating and I don't want you to go through that. And so, You know, the alternative is don't give notice. You just mark in your brain, my last day is going to be Friday, the whatever. And I will simply notify my manager at the end of that workday, this was my last day. That means you need to have logins. You need to have, if there's hardware, laptops, phones, whatever that belong to the company, right? If it's your laptop, get all the company files off it. You know, just make sure that you're ready to go. If you have friends that you want their contact information, work friends, get that in advance, just easier You know, it's horrible, but you cannot put yourself at risk of that. So that's where you just notify your boss on the end of your last day. And it could be a live phone call. If that's your habit, if that's your mode of communication, the two of you guys, or it could be a text. It could be because a text, you know, they're probably going to pick up the phone and call you, right? And you say, hi, Amanda, or you could just send a text and say, hi, Amanda, can you please call me as soon as you get a chance? might be that night, it might be, you know, if it's the weekend, might be, you know, they might not call you. You might have to text them again. Hey, Amanda, I'd love a minute of your time on the phone, but if you don't have time, let me know and I'll just text you. At this point, they're probably thinking, oh, this person's giving notice and you're not getting notice. You're saying, you know what? I was going to give notice, but, you know, people have been walked out and I, you know, that's fine. You have your company and whatever, but, you know, I, 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 I think it makes more sense to just say today was my last day. It's a sorry state though. I'm not happy about it. And I'm sure you're not either. If this is your situation, all right, we talked about the, uh, problems with resumes. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm going to give you a list and we will wrap up with this episode 30 of the truth about work podcast. And it's a toolkit. It's 10 elements for your job search toolkit, like what you have to have you know, physical things and mental things, the stuff that you need, the preparation to be ready to go out there and job hunt, right? We're always semi-aware, always, right? All the time, got to be, but you know, with this list in mind, you can think about, oh, I kind of need that. I need that. Let me get on this stuff. So here we go. Number one thing in your job search toolkit is you need a career direction. I kind of alluded to this when I said earlier, people write resumes where you can't tell what they want or plan to in, do next, and that's a problem. So you're going to spend more time thinking about the exact career direction you want for your job search than actually writing your resume, because it's a big decision. could be exactly what you've done before. It could be different. Think about what are the possibilities. They're usually broader than we think they are in terms of the you know the the variation in the jobs you could apply for because virtually everyone i've ever met is way more qualified than they think they are they just haven't had anybody say no you could get this job or that job you absolutely have done this it's just it was in a different space was in a different department it's totally the same thing so yeah you need a career direction and then related to that a small family of jobs that you're going to focus on pretty small three five six you know, it's not going to be, I could do anything in sales or marketing. No, that who, that's not compelling to anyone. No, it's not believable. It doesn't make sense. Jack of all trades, Jill of all trades. I'm not a fan. That kind of branding. It doesn't, it doesn't resonate. Well, what do you do? I don't know if I can use you in my organization unless I know what you do. You need a resume. And and the thing about a resume I invented and teach something called a human voiced resume. Sounds like you talking, but You need a frame, you need a mental model for yourself in the job search. So the career direction is part of that, but it's kind of like, these are the jobs I'm going after. Here's, you know, how I show up qualified for those jobs. And it's not, it's not, you know, uh, uh, ephemeral, it's real. It's like, I've done this and that. I'm, this is, you know, this is what I do and, and this is how I'm qualified. And you can do that right in your summary at the top of your resume Incomplete sentences, you don't have to brand yourself anymore with the zombie language motivated self starter. We don't know what it means doesn't mean anything and it obscures your actual heft and power. I've said a lot on the podcast before about resumes. I'll say more, I'm sure in the future, but yeah, you got to use a human voice and tell us, give us the mental frame. That little summary at the top of your resume really sets the tone for the reader, for the rest of the resume. They understand what you are and why you're here in this conversation with them if they're reading. Does that make sense? You're, you're ready to go. So you're not asking for permission or anything like that. You're just saying, this is the stuff I do. All right, so you got a frame, a, a mental model in your resume and particularly in the summary at the top of your resume right under the contact info and then you need a LinkedIn profile and the thing about your profile is it's really a lot more than just here's my LinkedIn profile you got a photo there you've got a lot of space to write about yourself you can upload documents images videos you can you can write little mini blog posts and comment on other people's stuff you can recommend people they can recommend you it's pretty full-fledged it could be it can be pretty robust your LinkedIn profile you know I've got some random stuff on my profile just to say look I, there's a random I, if I wasn't preaching some level of randomness I wouldn't have a company called Human Workplace you know um, so you need that you need a salary range you need to know based on the kind of jobs you're going for what are these jobs supposed to pay you gotta do that research and a couple sites where you can do that research Paysa P-A-Y-S-A dot com salary dot com payscale.com there's a little bit of hassle with all of them you have to fill out stuff most of them not all of them indeed has some estimates of salaries on job listings so does Glassdoor. i think linkedin might even too it's getting a little more transparent little by little what these companies are paying but you got to have a salary range wage range in mind you got to have interviewing clothes because we're going to still interview it might be on zoom if it's not in person but you got to have A couple of outfits because you're going to meet different people, different days, probably. Right? Not all jobs, but a lot of jobs, multiple interviews. So you got to have some interviewing duds. And you got to have stories for your job search. Got to have stories to tell in your resume, in your LinkedIn profile. Another thing we invented here and teach called a pain letter, which is not a cover letter, but it reaches your hiring manager, talks about why. You know, you and they might find it profitable, mutually beneficial to have a conversation. Got to have stories about when you came, saw, and conquered. We call them dragon-slaying stories, but you could call them dragon-taming stories or just, you know, whatever you want. But you got to collect these stories from your past. Write them down. Remind yourself. Tell the story all the way through so you make sure it doesn't have an embarrassing ending or anything. (laughs) Get them up in your mind. That's going to also help your confidence right? You need to have questions that you are curious about because of just even your ability to take the job. What do you need to know? You've got to know those, those, those points so you don't get carried away by a wave of enthusiasm when you see a job listing or you get a call from a recruiter, you know, that says you toggle the switch in LinkedIn in your settings in the edit profile page and you say, I'm open for recruiters to contact me you know under the table quietly tell me they have a job that we should be talking about so obviously the more you beef up your linkedin profile the more likely these folks are to call Um, but you've got to be ready with your questions that you need to know about a job even to stay in the process and then answers to the common questions they're going to have which in their initial stage if they reach out to you probably going to be about your experience mostly your experience, why did you leave or why are you planning to leave, your current gig, that type of thing. Um, Yeah, you got to believe in yourself. This is a huge part of the toolkit because you can't go out there, you know, armed with nothing. Please, sire, you know, please, your majesty, consider me. Nah. Surround yourself with the people who get you. If you don't usually ask your sister or your brother-in-law or somebody... For job search career advice but you feel like I, I, I right now I have to be girded I have to be like ready to go out there and say yes I can do this I have to be reminded writing your stories will help writing your autobiography any little stuff power stories things you've conquered it's all going to help with your confidence but surrounding yourself with the people who will lift you up is huge and I encourage you to do that if you're thinking about a job search Be reminded, let them praise you, let them remind you what you've already done. Whether you're using all your talents or many of your talents at work right now or not, or whether you haven't worked in a while, whether you have a degree, don't have a degree, we always focus on what we think we don't have, you guys. It's normal. You have so much more than you don't. So you got to have that belief in yourself. And then the last item in the uh, job search toolkit I recommend is my book, Reinvention Roadmap which is break the rules to get the job you want and career you deserve. I laid it out and illustrated it (laughs) with the stories and, and exercises and tons of journaling prompts and just the whole message of you're fine and zeroing in, figuring out what you should be doing next in your life and career is part of remembering how awesome you are and always have been and 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 reclaiming your path that you have traveled since you were a little kid this is you know it's 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 a career book but it's a book about the human in the career you know your power and growing your flame and bringing that to the professional world and for your own benefit and the benefit of everybody you know so yeah reinvention roadmap that's the end of episode 30 you guys Please follow us. I so appreciate uh, subscribing when you subscribe to the podcast. It's very exciting. And thank you for telling your friends and forwarding the link around. You can also follow us on Twitter at Human Workplace and Facebook, Human Workplace. And me, just as a person on LinkedIn, Liz Ryan. And, of course, we're online at humanworkplace.com. So, yeah, it's um, episode 30, and you guys are amazing. Thank you so much for listening.